You are listening to Tech Grind, behind the scenes of leading high-tech ecosystems. You are listening to Tech Grind. We are on part three, the Superman moment. In this part, we will understand what is so unique about the solution Liquid 360 brings to market. So, Lisa, you keep saying that the control room doesn't work and that the solution um, won't come from the control room. Why doesn't it work? And why can't we just understand things from the existing images that we talked about? So, this is really, really interesting because like uh, the research I've done on water and and uh, on the on cardiology and and, and of course in, in, as an engineer I figure that the the answer lies in scholarly articles you know when, when I don't understand something I go to Google scholarly articles because I, I you know I like science I like experimentation and and so uh, this led to a really deep dive to understand, how the brain works with the eyes to understand things and what were the limitations, what were the problems. And it was really, really interesting. So three things came up. Um, the, the first, um, <coughs> excuse me, the first was cognitive overload. And it was really, really interesting to learn that when there was movement on more than three screens, the brain basically goes into overload and it's very, you can't track it. You just, you just can't. There's just a limit to what we can process. Now, in Israel, we know this, and if you've ever been inside those systems, you know that people don't look at 100 screens or, or even 10. And, and, but in general, you have an operator, and there can be 30, 50, 100 screens on the wall, and, and they're looking at them. Well, what's the minimal number of screens that you have on such a wall? Well, I, I, I don't know. I mean, I'm sure there's places that, that do only have three, four, six screens. But and, general, and that's already overload. <coughs> well, it's, if there's movement on any of the, mm -hmm. if there's movement on mm -hmm. more than three screens, then potentially there's overload. But most of the time, probably you can handle it. Mm -hmm. But this, so cognitive overload is a real thing. Then there's another thing that happens. Uh, there's a response when there's an emergency. And, you know, it doesn't have to be a life and death emergency, but when there's something going on, our heart rate goes up. When our heart rate goes up, our body responds in, in ways that are outside of our control. And it, it doesn't matter. They've done these, they've done studies and it doesn't matter if it's a, a rookie police officer or somebody with 30 years experience, you have three things that happen. You have tunnel vision, you have a loss of hearing acuity. And you also have a loss of small motor skills. Mm -hmm. So, <coughs> excuse me. So if you're in the control room and you're looking at this, all of these screens and you're responding to an, an emergent event or a call for assistance or something, when, when these physiological changes happen, you can't control the fact that your, your hearing and your eyesight are, are not what they were when you have a normal heart rate. And certainly, how are you going to control that joystick with the delicate movements mm -hmm. that it takes? So that's number two. But the real surprise to me was, was the interpolation, extrapolation. You know, I, I love math. I, can mm -hmm. I tell you? It's, a, it's an engineering thing, I guess. I, I, but it's, 
the power of math is that you can extrapolate to things beyond what you can measure and you can interpolate things that are so small that you can't measure. I always imagined that if I'm an operator in a complex site, I know that site so well that when I look at that wall of screens, I as the operator, I know what I can see and I know what I can't see because of course there's going to be blind spots and gaps. Mm -hmm. and so and holes i thought the brain will highlight those for me because brains are really powerful and they're really amazing mm -hmm. and it's an, it's the science the neuroscience and i've i've interviewed neurologists we've interviewed neurologists the, the brain does the opposite the brain actually hides it from you so here's three problems that you can't overcome in the control room the way that it is so you say, oh, well, you know, you can overcome certainly the blind spots by designing a system where there are no blind spots. Well, yeah, but that's not how it works. In fact, what happens is the, 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 de the designer, the integrator comes in and he designs the system and, and then they say, oh, well, we don't really need this and we don't really need that. And once it goes up on the wall, you forget that those blind spots and holes exist. So what we, what we wanted to do and what we will do is, is build systems that are for humans to use. You, you want to create something that a person can use. And so the first thing you want to do is you want to give them a perspective that they understand in a minute. We were told in interviewing uh, heads of, of security, we were told that it takes about four months to train a new operator. Yeah. Four months, that's a lot of time. Right now you can't even hire people, yeah. never mind that it's going to take four months. So. What, what we do is, is we create something that it's immediately understandable. We create a 3D model of the, of the site, of the existing building, with all the floors, the elevators, the, the stairs, um, the, the hallways and the, well, the hallways, yeah, the hallways and the, um, the structure, and also integrate it to the outside so that it's, it's continuous. You have full spatial context. And then we pull in the, uh, the sensors, the cameras, the motorized cameras, uh, radars, jammers, active fences, uh, drones, whatever, we pull those into the model and then they show their feed, their video feed from the place that they originate in, in real life. Mm -hmm. So when you look at this, this, and it's in one screen, it's, in, it's unified. Everything is in, Everything's in one screen. And, and All the data points in one in, terminal. Yes, and whether it's a, a workspace, uh, uh, um, sorry, a, a desktop, uh, work terminal or whether it's a tablet form factor that the, the forces can't have on them. The, yes that mm -hmm. you can hold in your hand or not even the, the forces the executive director mm -hmm. can have it mm -hmm. at, the, at the, the, the site in Baltimore uh, the, the executive director was traveling to a conference and there was a big huge snowfall back in Baltimore so he got up in the morning he opened his tablet mm -hmm. and he did a virtual patrol and he said oh we can open um, during COVID, the, the facilities manager did virtual patrols or left the tablet open so that he could observe. They weren't even allowed to drive. It was a 30-something minute drive for him each way to go see it, but he didn't even have to do it. And, and they weren't allowed to. You know, During certain parts of COVID, they weren't allowed to. Oh. And, and, um, and I know this is a really obscure thing, but they were having a problem with, their, uh, with, with getting false alarms from their burglary system, which was the, the, the monitoring company would notify them that they were, the alarm had gone off 
normally you send the police. But if you're a commercial, if you're a business, you get a bill and you send the police and there's nothing to do. <laughs> so the, the facilities manager was opening his tablet and doing a virtual patrol and saying, don't call the police. It's a false alarm. But they were having, they couldn't track where the false alarms were coming from. And after this happened a few times, he, he, he sent me a message saying, you know, it's taking 45 seconds to open the tablet. I'm thinking, so you didn't have to drive over an hour round trip. But you're completely for forty seconds. But we said it. We said to I said to him, listen, hey, tell me how, where you want this. Do you want it on your bedside table, sleeping, or do you want it? Uh, do you, do you want it under your bed? And and we set it up so that it basically didn't sleep and it didn't also make any alarms. Mm -hmm. So he only had to pull it out and look at it when he got a call. So it was ten seconds instead of forty five. And my partner, my brilliant, I have the best CTO in the world. Ram is a. a, a a real genius. I'm, I'm, I'm more than lucky. And Iran is the one that created the systems that protect more than 20 of, uh, of the villages in Shimon and Yehuda, oh. uh, that they have a, a one kilometer barrier. They didn't used to. Um, he created this amazing protection system because insecurity, time is time equals lives. You know, in, in what is it, in business, time is money, uh, and in, but in security, time, you know, time is life. Oh. And these, so, so by creating the system that he did to protect the villages, uh, then they have there's time because it used to be when he before he created the system there, uh, when there was an alarm, there was a body count, casualty count, <coughs> and with his system, uh, there isn't. They can respond in time to protect, yeah. and uh, unfortunately, there are some villages that don't have it, like Itamar, that we saw what happened there. So. So first of all, we had to understand what the what the problem was, and and also we had we did something really different. We didn't start in the control room. We started from the field, because or from wherever you are. Mm -hmm. In other words, you don't have to. You don't need even a control room. Mm -hmm. You you can be wherever you want to be, and you can have the full view of what you're seeing. You can actually cut out the control room. Yes. Wow. In the facility in, in Baltimore, they cut out the control. They have radar. They have mm -hmm. radar, military-level radar, and, and they cut out the control room. Wow. And, and that's, that's also very powerful because real estate's expensive. But it's, it's, mm -hmm. but it's, but it's, uh, it's powerful because it also <coughs> decentralizes command. Pardon me. The other thing that was really interesting is we talked about the, the pan-tilt zoom, the motorized cameras. So we actually integrate those. And so that we can do what Steve Jobs taught all of us to do, which is touch mm -hmm. a screen. There's, if there's a place that you want to see on the, on the map, it's a live floor plan and a map, and if you want to see an area that isn't covered by a camera, a fixed camera, you touch it, and the software chooses the, wow. the camera that has the best unobstructed view. Wow. The software decides if the view is obstructed or unobstructed and gives you the view. So this takes... All the data points that we talked about earlier, and it takes the abilities of whoever is on the ground and in the control room, and it gives it a kind of platform to use all the data very efficiently and in one place, in one terminal, and to get a full 360 degrees picture. This yes. is completely disruptive to the industry yeah it's it's and it's and and also you can share perspective so there are there are 
sites, high security sites that do need a, a security room or something like a security room. But now they can share the view with the person in the field. And you know, if, you think, if you think about a port, for example, where you're constantly having alerts and they're being referred to people in the field because it is, again, physical security. It isn't, it isn't theoretical. It's, mm -hmm. you have, someone yeah. has to respond. You, you need, you know, if you want to say boots on the ground or whatever you want to call it, but you need, you need, a, you need something physical. And the guy in the control room refers that out to the guy in the field. And the guy in the field is going to, in, in some places, they depend on the guy in the control room, the operator. So you have the operator and you have the field agent. And they have different training. You know, they, they just, they don't have the same training. And the guy in the field, if he's just, uh, if he's completely <coughs> dependent on the view from the operator, that he's not only reactive, he's a little bit vulnerable because if, if there's a miscommunication, as happens all the time, I mean, we've all been in the situation where a friend was giving us directions, either we're in the car driving or we're walking, and someone's telling us, oh, you turn left here, and oh, no, you turn right there, and, and then you know, you're going in circles for mm -hmm. 10 minutes or an hour, and you're thinking, okay, I just don't care that much anymore, mm -hmm. I'm going home. And we've all had those situations of bad, bad directions. Well, this, this kind of miscommunication happens in real life and security, and that's dangerous. So, so just like Waze gives you uh, decentralized, it, it, it took the power of the GPS and gave it to the people. Mm -hmm. right? mm -hmm. So just like that, you take the world of security and, and the data from these uh, endpoints and you decentralize the power and you give it to anyone who needs it in the field. It doesn't have to be an emergency. It, it, it can be anyone who needs it and it can be forward facing instead of path facing so it's pro the the, the it's proactive instead of reactive right. that's really really important uh -huh. because security should be proactive and and yes it can be completely decentralized to whomever needs it whoever has responsibility for it and, and absolutely it doesn't have to be only about emergencies it isn't about only emergencies it's also about running the site better it's, it's about having more control over what's happening and where it's happening. And it's, it's also, a, it's a means to communication because now if it is a case for security, they, they can, the, the operator and the field agent can share the perspective. It'll be like the, the operator sitting on the shoulders of the guy in the field, but he doesn't feel the burden. And, and they can, and, and you can change the perspective. The way that the way that the model works is you can, look from above you can have a bird's eye view or you can go down to street level and now you're not a guard you're a super guard because you can see through walls and around corners and and for example what happened in las vegas the big shooting in las vegas that was just uh that was a horrific event and uh he got off twenty-two thousand rounds more than 800 people were injured and it was the biggest single shooting event in the united states at one point, security arrived on a floor, the wrong floor. They arrived on the wrong floor. Wow. And you think, how could that happen? So one of the things that, that our system does is it allows on the tablet, there's a, a slider for control of, of the opacity of the walls and the floors. So you can strip them away. You can make them invisible. 
You, you literally have the power to take away the walls and the floors. So you see what's happening and where it's happening, and then you can move it back in and see exactly where it's happening, where it's initiating wow. from. So you won't make that mistake. And, and that power to, you know, when my daughter was missing, if, <coughs> excuse me, if they had been able to strip away all of the walls and the floors and just look, where is there a little girl walking alone? <laughs> you're, you're gonna see it much more quickly. And, and in the long run, it's even a question that you can have the system answer automatically through AI that we Absolutely. About and that's, this is, this is actually really important. We wanted, we didn't want to dictate to a site what investment they should be mm -hmm, making in mm -hmm. security. We wanted to unleash the power of the system that they have. So for example, if they have analog cameras, and yes, people have, analog, we're talking, we're working on a pilot for a casino. They have analog cameras, but we can, with a little card, we can make them digital to to uh, to work with us. But if they have the most sophisticated systems, and if they have an AI system where they can recognize a child walking alone, which is a goal of some of the AI systems, which is fantastic, then we can integrate with them too. Just like we can integrate with a drone, or we can integrate with an active fence or a radar, we can integrate with AI, and all of those things. And, and also we have in our, in our roadmap, we will develop that because we've, I mean, we've already patented our software and we already can handle up to a hundred sensors. I haven't even talked about what we're doing next, which is actually we've created the architecture and we will be able to take on the city of Tel Aviv, for example. Like and all I, the, all the data from all the city. Yeah. So for example, I, I volunteer as a police officer. I carry a gun mm -hmm. and I was out two nights ago, but a few months ago, I was out and we pulled over a car flagged by Shabak and the guy got out. We saw his face. He was the one, the picture on the, on the tablet. And then he ran off into the night in Ramat Aviv. And I'm standing there and I know we're going to run after him and I know we're not going to catch him. But I was thinking if I had a liquid, if I had a button, I could click the button and I would pull in all the local cameras just the local cameras because the system would geolocate me and bring me in what I need to see around me. And then I could see where he was headed. And so now I could be strategic and tactical and I could intercept him and I could actually capture him. And does that hold up with uh, privacy uh, regulations? Those, cam those, those cameras are already there mm -hmm. and they're being, they're being recorded and they're in they're, Nobody's watching them. You know, or maybe someone's watching them, but if there's a thousand cameras in Tel Aviv, are they really watching them? Mm -hmm. You know, and, and in CCTV in London, they're recording them. So those things have already been dealt with. I mean, we're not, we're not, but we can in terms of privacy. So for example, let's say you were in a, a school where you can't record the teacher. Mm -hmm. We can actually gray out all of the people. So you'll just see the figures mm -hmm. of children and adult. And in the moment of an emergency, you press a button on the tablet and it, and now you can actually see the people. So we, we have, we've already created the means to do all of the, to, to be uh, responsive to privacy and, and to be, and to be dynamic and to grow well beyond where we are now. Amazing. I, I, every time I sit for such a conversation with an entrepreneur and investor, I'm, I'm so grateful um, because I learned so much and, and we talk about such interesting uh, subjects and every time I learn more and more and more and more. And I think that today we had a conversation that just gave me and, and the listeners such a wide perspective about the disruption in such areas is happening 
really is fascinating, and I want to say thank you so much to thank Alisa. you to you. I'm so grateful. Amazing, and um, so thank you, Alisa Giverts, and this was a fascinating talk. Um, if you want to contact Alisa, her uh, details will be uh, in the description of the episodes. And I think that anyone in this field has to talk to you. Um, just an amazing fountain of knowledge and beyond the products itself, which is really disruptive and life-changing. Um, so again, thank you very much for being with us on TechRine. And this Thank is the you. end of part three. Thanks so much.